All Things NFL, all the time. With Danny Dubach and Gabe Schrausbach. Powered by 88.1 The Berg and the Wildcat Sports Radio Network. This is the Bach and Strauss Show. Hello once again, and it's that time again. The Bach and Strauss Show, third show here. Powered by 88.1 The Berg. And we're fresh off the heels of yet another Super Bowl, Gabe. This one, clearly different than Super Bowls in years past, though. I don't know what I'm more depressed about. Am I depressed about the game? Am I depressed about the halftime show? Or am I depressed that football season's over? Because this means I have to watch the NBA now, and I'm not trying to watch a bunch of teams that we already know who's going to win. I'm going to miss football season, man. But I, you know what? I enjoyed the Super Bowl. I didn't dislike it. What did you think? It was, well, look at the Super Bowls we've seen in recent years. We had... We had Super Bowl 49 with New, with New England and Seattle coming down to the very wire. New England and Atlanta in the great comeback by Tom Brady. We'll get to him more later on in the show, obviously. And then last year, we had Philadelphia and New England. They lit up the scoreboard and I had mean, a ton of yards on both sides of the ball. We could even note, you know, like the Packers and Steelers was a game that came within six points. Even though the Saints and Colts was decided by 14, it came down to a pick six at the end of the game. Uh, 46 when the Giants beat New England again. There's just been so many great games. And even though this game was close in the fourth quarter, it just felt like it didn't have the same excitement like it could have. It had a different feel. And not to mention there were nearly as many punts as there were points scored, obviously. (laughs) The first half for the Rams was punt, 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 punt. Don't forget the punt. Boy, Johnny Hecker had himself a day. He was probably the MVP of the LA Rams <laughs> oh, that's team, what we obviously. were talking about during the game. So legitimately, I thought, okay, if the Rams win this, who gets the MVP? It's got to be <laughs> Hecker. But at the same time, if you were to get in that position, obviously the whoever would make the difference play would probably have been the MVP because they'll Ram, never get yes. the love. Yeah. Brandon Cooks had that opportunity twice, and we just yeah. want to ignore all of it, I guess. Yeah, Brandon Cooks. He didn't seem to. He didn't seem to have a good game, especially against his former team in the game that matters, and it's the game that you try and strive for. And what do you know, Brandon Cooks? He's able to make it to the Super Bowl. Problem Again, is he plays against his former team, and guess what? His former team wins. Well, you think he'd be like a little bit more prepared to play against that defense? But in all fairness, he didn't have to deal with Stephon Gilmore on that team. Like he didn't play with him. He doesn't know those strengths. And in my opinion, I I. Thought you could have made an argument for Gilmore being the MVP of the game. The guy had five tackles, had a pick, and he had a forced fumble. Even yep. though the fumble went out of bounds. Yeah, but really, the the credit in this game, this was one of Bill Belichick's finest moments oh, as a head coach. Yeah. Right there with the ninety champ the ninety Super Bowl with uh, against Buffalo in twenty five. That was that was when Belichick really came into the zone and took notice in the league, like, hey, you need to pay attention to my defensive strategies. He also had that kind of moment when they played against Atlanta in the Super Bowl in Super Bowl 51. He came up with a game plan at halftime that absolutely changed it. Uh, I think it's more more credit to the quarterback than the coach. Oh, I mean, yeah, game. but I'm just talking about his defense sh- showed up at the end of that game just like his defense no. did in this game. Tom Brady won the game for New England that, that day. I mean, I don't necessarily We'll discuss that later on in the show. Right now, the prime focus is – well, is about who really won this game on the on the opposite side of the ball that we were looking at because in the pregame we were thinking the game is going to be won between the offensive line of the Patriots 
and the defensive line of the LA Rams with Aaron Donald and company. I mean, I'm just saying, somebody, somebody very wise on the radio may have said before the game that uh, Aaron Donald wasn't going to get a sack. Uh, what was that guy's name? I think his name was Straws. Yeah, no. Aaron Donald didn't have a sack in that game, so it did kind of come down to that situation because even though they were able to get pressure on Brady, the main guys like Sue and Donald didn't seem to have as much of an effect as they should have. Did they get hurries? Yes. But if you want to capitalize, you got to be able to get to Brady and sack him on those third downs, not just forcing completions like that. Or even when he got hurried, he was able to find Edelman. I will say this, though, game. I believe that the Rams' defense did enough to win the game. Problem was the other side of the ball. Oh, well, no, easy. Either one of those defenses did clearly enough to win. The first pass of the game for New England was a pick by Littleton. Okay, well, that was. I mean, clearly the Rams are ready. Yeah, but they were able to capitalize on stuff like that, and they had multiple opportunities in that game. But, you know, one of the matchups that I said at the beginning of the game was that we need to watch for Cooks and Gilmore. And honestly, I think that was where a difference was made because once the Rams were trying to get into rhythm, they were ne- never able to capitalize on it. I I mean, it, it was – what do you say about the Super Bowl? It was weird. I mean, it's, the score was 13-3 to for crying out loud. Of all the NFL games this season, you would expect a score – not even you, – you'd expect a Super Bowl to be scored around the 30s, maybe high 20s, but – this just didn't even crack half that total. It was insane. No, it was the lowest score in Super yeah. Bowl history. And, you know, I'm just saying, I don't know if you believe in any of that voodoo magic, but uh, no, nor- that's nor- irrelevant. But New Ir- Orleans finished 13-3. Ir- and Ir- three. What was that final score for the Rams? Yeah, you scored that's three irrelevant. points. Okay, can we talk about the Rams' offense for a second, though? How do you yeah. get to the biggest game here? And I get the I get that the Patriots had a good defensive plan. I get that they were able to shut them down. But how do you get to the biggest game of your life and score three? And they didn't even have spurts in that game where they looked decent. They just looked terrible all the way around. I mean, they didn't have a third down conversion. Well, here's what I say about that game. Remember the Rams' first playoff game with Jared Goff? The one against the, Atlanta. Against Atlanta. L.A. was flat throughout the entire game, and they showed why they didn't belong in the playoffs. I think that showed up in the biggest game. Why? Because the Super Bowl is different. Oh, it it's is. It's not just another game. It's a game that the entire world, the entire planet is watching you play. It's no, different than I agree. There's, an NFC or AFC championship there's game. Three it's seasons. completely different. There's three seasons in the NFL. You have your regular season, then you have your postseason, and then you have your Super Bowl. All of it is different. They're all different things. Because once you get to the Super Bowl, it's this is it. You win or you lose. And to me, I was just really unimpressed. And I get that they don't have experience in these situations. But in all fairness, this is a Rams team that did play well against the Cowboys. This is a Rams team that did go into New Orleans and win. I don't understand how you can get against two really good NFC teams and then go to the Super Bowl and fall that flat. Like, I get being flat, but that was pathetic. There are, there's essentially in the AFC, there's one team that has experience in going to Super Bowl after Super Bowl, and that's the New England Patriots. Stop calling it the Super Bowl. Just call it the New England Patriots Invitational at this point. (laughs) Who's going to get to play the Patriots this year? That's the question, especially now that Peyton Manning's been retired for a few years. But what this Patriots team has done in recent years has been absolutely astonishing by the sole fact that in 
with the salary cap and the free agency era, they are still able to win. I will give you that. I will agree with that. We, we rarely agree, but I'll give you that. The Patriots. It's a miracle. We agree on something, Gabe. <laughs> yes, it is. It's almost as much of a miracle as that the fact that the Patriots have been to nine Super Bowls. And I give the Patriots garbage because they play in the AFC and they play the East. Oh, but the fact break. that they are able to win double digits every year and continue to make the playoffs in the salary cap era is insane. Do you know how ridiculous that is? You know, it, it, it's not like when our parents watched football when they were kids. When you got to see the same team over and over. Like, my dad was a big Vikings fan. So he used to see Jim Marshall and Alan Page consistently, Carl Eller. Those were guys that stuck around for like 10, 15 years. Now you kind of get lucky if you get to root for your favorite players five or six years. Even if they last that long when it comes to just their body and everything. If you can get them on your team and stay on the team, it's impressive enough. Yeah, back in back say in the eighties and or seventies and even the sixties, the question wouldn't be did the Cowboys make the playoffs? The question would be how deep did Dallas go in the postseason? And and now you look at the present, you got teams that are going left and right, in and out of the playoffs. Green Bay, they and Green Bay, Dallas, you name it, Seattle even. Oh, all you have to do is look at the turnover numbers for teams from playoffs one year to the next. I mean, just just alone from this last season, the Panthers missed the playoffs. The Falcons missed the playoffs. The NFC South was irrelevant unless you were New Orleans. And then you look at uh, Seattle missed the playoffs last year. They made it this year. Chicago came out of nowhere. I mean, there were a couple people that thought, those teams would make a difference. But I didn't see the Falcons dropping out. I didn't see Carolina dropping out. And even when you look at the AFC, there's going to be a new turnover here real soon. You're going to see Browns start making a run possibly. And I'm going to tell you this right now. I'm not a Tom Brady fan. But that guy's got a freaky will to win. He's one of – he's – I would say that there's maybe three people in sports that has – that have had the same drive to win as Brady. And those guys would be like Gretzky, yep. Matt. I would say Magic, Michael, and Russell. And I know that a okay. lot. Of, maybe not Russell Wilson, yeah. based off whoa, of his whoa, career. Whoa. Yeah, no, I would throw Russell in there because no, no, I'm talking about just his attitude as a presency winner. bias. Probably a little bit. I'll admit to that. But yeah, yeah. So, and, but you got to compare to this bit a little bit. You got to compare it to then and now. And Russell's got that same kind of attitude to win, but it's just. Baker's got that thing. He's got that winning kind of mentality like Brady does, and I think it's going to help Cleveland. But the one consistent thing every year is the New England Patriots. They're always there. You can't take them away. They haven't missed the playoffs with Tom Brady quarterback since I don't, we you, were we were probably we we were in preschool. Yeah, last you can't time even count. We no never. I, well, yeah, two thousand two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm not going to count 08 because he went down. Wasn't it like the first play of the season? Yeah, something along those lines. And then he didn't start in 2000 because he was a rookie. Yeah. So he's consistently in the playoffs. And he's and what he's done, nobody, no NFL player has ever done, especially in the quarterback position, to lead Six. his team to postseason after postseason and, and not only make it to the postseason, but win Super Bowls the way he has. He's And he's had comeback drives and – all of his Super Bowl wins, which is something incredible that no one can even say, 
I mean, I'll come out right now and just tell you right now, Brady played like hot garbage in that game. But what he did do was he, to me, and this is hard for me to admit, he had his Joe Montana moment. And that moment was throwing the pass to Gronkowski at the two in triple coverage. That, and don't get me wrong, I'm not giving, I'm not saying that Brady won the game because he clearly didn't. But in the moment he needed to make the play to get them in position, the guy threw a absolute D-I-M-E dime. That's right. It was That's perfect. Right. And then they punched it in with PlayStation Michelle, so. And he, and he ran it in, and then Pats took the lead, and then. Oh, yeah, and then Goskowski almost missed the field goal at the end. Yeah. All, over, all the Rams fans are just like, please. And all the Saints fans are like, oh, God, please make this kick. Well, first we have the offense. We know what the Patriots did. They, were, they, weren't, they didn't have their best performance, but when it came time to show up, they made it happen. And then on the defensive side, the Rams showed up, but not only the Rams did, the Patriots did, and then some, which was impressive. But, you play to win the game. Exactly, Herm Edwards. But we can't we can't forget the other component of the game. How about the special teams? Oh no, special teams was key. They were really key. It put the teams, the offenses, in uh, very ter- honestly terrible position to score. I mean, their starting field positions were awful. I mean, the Rams didn't even have a play in the red zone. Can you believe the that? The entire game. Not a single play. I That's don't incredible. understand. And then they talk. Okay, so I'm curious on your take on this. They kept talking about, oh, you didn't give it to Gurley enough. Oh, you didn't give it to Gurley enough. I'm sorry. When Gurley got the ball, he didn't look good. So why am I going to continue to hand it to a guy who didn't play well? It's so baffling because in the early portion of the season, he was playing lights out. Lights and, out. He was an MVP candidate. Yeah, it was MVP him, Breeze, and Mahomes. Yeah, but right, right between those three. But then... He wasn't the MVP candidate of the team. It was Aaron Donald of all things. So, oh well, he, you'll never get a defensive player like that. I mean, he would have had to. It would take a, a generational talent to. Well, I think he stages. is, but he had to break. I think he had to break Strahan's sack record if he wanted to be considered. But to be within the same breath. How yeah, does Gurley just? He, he was terrible in the championships. Both of them. Yeah, well, what happened? He scored a touchdown against your Saints, and that proved to He didn't help. score in the championship. Yes, he did. He did? On a, on a short six-yard run right before the end of the of the first half. Four carries, 13. Yeah. He yeah. did score a yeah, touchdown. That's right. He did score. Oh, okay. That's right. He still played terrible. You know that as well as I do. 13 yards in the NFC title game is terrible. Well, look at the def- the divisional round. He, he had what? A, he had over, over 100 over, yards. He had over a buck and – in rushing yards, and I think he scored a touch. He did score a touchdown in that game too. So, so then, how do you then go to the championships, run 13 yards, and then go to the Super Bowl and average three yards a carry? It's so confusing because he was such a great back, and then in the postseason, it was the rest of the Rams that the showed Rams up and carried lying. the load. The Rams are lying to us. They are lying. There is no way that man is healthy because there's no reason in those third and threes you don't hand it to Gurley. They don't trust him because he's hurt. There's something wrong with him, and it's something serious. Well, here's what I believe. If we starting next season, we'll see how fresh Todd Gurley really is. And, oh, yeah. And he's going, he's going to have himself – a well of a time. I know you remember Sean Alexander. When he hit that wall with his leg injury, he never recovered. Is this going to be the next – is he the next Sean kind of thing? Ooh, 
That's a good I question. I mean, it's interesting to see if it'll happen. I hope it doesn't because I think Gurley's a great talent. I, mean, I don't like the guy because I think it's pathetic that you got to complain about money when you're making that much. But at the same time, I enjoy good football, and that guy is a bowling ball. And when he's at his best, I'm not sure there's any running back in the league better for three downs. But let's look at the future for both of these teams. You have the Patriots. They've just won their sixth Super Bowl in the Tom Brady era, which is absolutely unheard of considering all the dynasties in past years in the NFL and, or rather even in all professional sports. What's their future looking like in the future with, with New England having won their six and Belichick and Brady They've been there for quite a while. Are they going to continue staying on top of that mantle? or? Well, you know what's funny? When you talked about the recency bias, I'm going to kind of throw some recency bias in this because if I'm New England, i got to try and make a run at that Clemson kid, the quarterback, Lawrence. Ooh. Because you got to realize, Brady's 40, he'll be 42 next season. There is a point in time where your, Brady's gonna, or where your, Brady, where your body's going to stop wanting to play. So... You know, when it comes to the future of New England, I'm not really sure because once Brady goes, I mean, I've got faith in Belichick to coach this team, but I don't know. I don't want to say that New England's got a – that they don't have a bright future because how many times have we asked this question? We asked it when they lost the undefeated season. We asked it when they lost to the Giants a second time. We asked it after they beat the Seahawks and everyone thought, oh, well, that's going to be it for New England. They got their four. And then we asked it against Atlanta. We ask it every single season, and every single season the Patriots are like, no, we're here, and we're going to continue to be here. So I don't really know how to answer that question. Sounds like the Brett Favre retirement question. Okay, he's finally retired, I think, and then he comes back. Right. And then then we hit the replay button five more times. I don't know how much Belichick wants to continue to coach because if Brady leaves, whenever he chooses to leave, whether that's retirement or just the Patriots don't want him anymore – you got to prepare for a backup quarterback at that point, and Hoyer's not your option. You had yeah, Garoppolo. Not. I'm not a Garoppolo fan, but you had something better than Hoyer. I think that the Patriots need to, if Brady looks good at the beginning of next season, I would say through four weeks, I would say continue to keep trying to win. But if he starts to look bad, I'd start preparing for a tank because, and I know it's going to be hard for the fans of New England to deal with a tank, but if you tank, you get a higher draft pick, you got to go get that kid from that kid from Clemson, Wait, man. Hold on, Trevor Lawrence isn't coming going into the NFL for a, I believe two years. Well, yeah, but Brady also said he wasn't going to retire at the end of this season, so you, you're kind of needing to. So that's what I'm saying. If Brady plays good, go kill this season, and then next season, I can't see Brady playing into late into his mid 40s like that. I don't see any quarterback doing it. So I think Brady will be done in probably two years. And that's when I think you got to get ready for a tank or make a ridiculous blockbuster trade. Which, Whoa. Oh, I just thought of something. I just thought it? of something. What is it? What Brady is it? near the end of his career. And Belichick's like, listen, let's just say a dumpster fire organization. Like, I don't know who's going to be terrible in two years. Let's think this through. Arizona. Let's just say Arizona because <laughs> they have the number one pick right bad. now. Hey, uh, Arizona, <laughs> how about you want a Tom Brady for that first overall pick? You don't know. <laughs> no, if, no. I, I mean, don't see it. I'm sorry. Hey, I'm just saying. Maybe because no. how many teams would pass that up, though? I know some teams that would give up a, a first-round pick just to have Tom Brady on their team for one year. Keep in mind, Arizona was the team that picked up Emmett Smith. And for- Warner. 
and Kurt Warner, but Kurt Warner actually worked out for Arizona. He did work out, but he was older in his career. But no, that was an excellent point though with Emmett Smith. You, I mean, you don't know <laughs> how crazy would that be though? Brady gets traded at the end of his career. The Patriots, the Patriots draft Trevor Lawrence, and the dynasty starts again. <laughs> at that point, I will quit watching. But that'd be incredible. Speaking of quitting watching, let's consider from an all-time perspective and. And we know about the great dynasties in all sports. In the NHL, you have so many that you can pick from. You got the Montreal Canadiens in the 50s and 60s. They consistently won Stanley Cup after Stanley Cup. And then in the 70s, it was a mix of a few different teams. First, it was the Canadiens again who had a dynasty run. Then came the New York Islanders who won four straight Stanley Cups in a row. And then, of course, to your point game, Gabe, the, the Wayne Gretzky era arose, and the Oilers were the class of the NHL for quite a while. And then after the Gretzky era started to fade away, then came a few more dynasties along the way, but that was the NHL. Then the NBA. Oh, the there Celtics so in the 60s. Many. The Celtics in the 60s. and then The 80s, Lakers, 80s, and, uh, the Lakers, Lakers and Celtics. Lakers and Celtics. And then the Bulls. In, the Bulls in the 90s. It's you obvious. Know you know what? I'll, I don't want to say that they're a dynasty, but let's just throw the 76ers in there when they had Dr. J and those guys. Okay, okay. Because they, they were nasty. Okay, okay. And then you I'll get to the 2000, Shobie, or Shobie, uh, Shaq and Kobe. Yeah, why yeah. didn't they call that show be, show be time? <laughs> no, but, yeah, there, there's so many great dynasties. And then look at recently you have Golden State, who's well, yeah. won so many championships. And then you look at the NFL, you've had the Packers, you had Lombardi's Packers, the 80s Niners, the Cowboys of the 90s, 70s Steelers. Now you've got the Patriots. Is this the greatest dynasty ever? Yes, it is. Hands down. It's I not mean, even close. Okay, so here's the thing, though. Like, I... I want to agree with that, but the only reason I don't agree with it is because of how different the teams were from 2001 to the 01-04 era to the 14-18 teams. And the reason I say that is because if the thing that made the dynasties in all the sports we named is it was the same players, right? So to me, this I'm is like— I'm going to dispute that, but go ahead. To me, this Finish is— your point. This is like two dynasties to me. You've got the early 2000s Patriots, and then you have the 2010s Patriots. To me, they're two dynasties. Is it the greatest run by like a quarterback and uh, head coach together building a team? Yeah, I would say that. But I don't know if I can say it's the greatest dynasty because of how different the teams are. So you, what you're saying is you're going to split up, say, the first the first few championships to a first era for New England, and then there was this period in time where they didn't make it back to – a championship winning season for about 10 years, maybe somewhere in between, there was that split Yeah, I would between say between yes. the, the two dynasties? I would say that they joined the Celtics as, and the Lakers as the only teams probably in history to ever have two dynasties. Okay, okay. That's I can, where I would put it. I can go with that. But what Brady and Belichick have done together. Oh, it's stupid. Oh, it's, it's ridiculous. It's stupid. So that brings up the question, Gabe, and I know you, you – you know, you know, you know it's coming. Is Brady the greatest quarterback of all time? It's been a week, so we've been able to digest and consider all that's gone on during the course of this week and with the realization that Brady is the oldest quarterback to win a Super Bowl and he's won his sixth championship, which nobody has ever done. And and with all that, and we already have comparisons between Brady and Michael Jordan... Is Tom Brady the greatest quarterback of all time, better than Drew Brees, 
Joe Montana, Dan Marino, John Elway, you name it, Gabe. Tell the world what you think. If he had had a better game, I would have said yes, but no. And But I do think he's the greatest quarterback of the 21st century. So, to me... So, better than Breeze. I, yeah, at this point in time, yes. I would say he's better than Breeze. I'd say he's better than Manning. The guy's... I mean, you can't dispute the nine championships. And, in all fairness, Brady is up there statistically. I mean, he's not... He's not statistically as good as Breeze, but his numbers are good. The guy does have a 5,000-yard season. He does have multiple 4,000-yard seasons, but he's still not Joe Montana because Montana was just perfection when it mattered. In all fairness, when Montana went to the Super Bowl, he didn't walk away without the trophy. Just that statement alone, to me, is it, it just transcends his legend. And that's why I think I'm still taking Montana. But don't get me wrong, Brady's Brady's insane. We got a comment on our Facebook live stream. Tennis club president for Central Washington University, Shauna Achua, says that Tom Brady is the goat, the greatest of all time, undisputed. It's, so it, we it already have disputed. we already have we already have some some comments going against you, Gabe. It so is disputed. How is it disputed? Because it's, the guy hasn't shown up every time it matters. He hasn't. He's shown up more often than Joe Montana has. I give him that. But it's also a different era for that. And I, he's also playing in an easier conference. Keep this in mind as well. Tom Brady has led the league in touchdown passes and passing yards, whereas with Joe Montana, the he has never led the, the NFL in passing yards at all in his career, and the only years that he led the NFL in touchdown passes were strike years. That's it. Yes, but he also did lead the league in QBR multiple times. But the main stats that you look for at, when you're looking at quarterback stats are passing yards and touchdown passes. I mean, QBRs, I, I it's would, a rating, it's a system. I mean, I would think so, but that's why Aaron Rodgers got his MVP in 2011 because he had the highest QBR in history. Well, I mean, I don't. I, to trust be fair, me, I his Packers went fifteen and one, and that's hard not to overlook because I mean that's fair. No, no team, no team simply goes fifteen and one a season like it's nothing. Keep that in mind. It's true, but at the same time, that MVP status, I get that it has to do with the wins, but that's partially why he did get his MVP. So I don't know. The statistics are great, but Montana, I mean. He just showed up when it mattered. It's hard to explain because because I can't throw the statistics out there. And I'm a statistics guy. You know that's why I advocate for Drew. But at the same time, Montana just, I mean, the guy did it against who I think should be a Hall of Famer and Kenny Anderson and a really good Cincinnati team. He did it against Dan Marino when Dan Marino had his greatest season ever. He did it against John Elway. And he did it against the league MVP at that time, Boomer Esiason. I mean, he's done it against great competition, and he just, like I said, when he had a chance at it, he didn't. He didn't fold under the pressure. If Brady had, if this, had, if Brady had won this game because of him, if they had won it because of him, like he goes out there and throws three hundred something yards and four touchdowns, or, or at least he makes the difference, then maybe it's a different conversation. But I can't because of. He because it, it, I don't he didn't play as poorly as Peyton Manning did in the Super Bowl, <laughs> but he had a Peyton pitiful. Manning game though. He had he, no. He had a bad performance no. for a quarterback, and his 
Well, his team carried him to the Super Bowl. But no, he, his team didn't his carry him. to the win. Here's why. In the Super Bowl, in Super Bowl 50, when Peyton Manning was the quarterback, when the Broncos won, it was their def- the Den- it was Denver's defense that time and time again made the play that set up the Broncos to score. Keep in mind, the, the defense res- had a strip sack of Cam Newton that Twice. resulted in a touchdown. Oh, and yeah. the second one set up the icing touchdown. Yeah, and the at one the that ta- Anderson at the, ta- at the time, it was a one-score game, if I recall. It was 16-10 it was when the second 10 one when Cam Newton got stripped of the ball and fumbled. Mm-hmm. So both of Denver's touchdowns in that game came as a result of the defense. But in this Super Bowl with Tom Brady in New England, that drive was a, a pure Tom Brady-esque drive because he controlled the drive on his own. It, he didn't. It wasn't kick-started by a turnover. That's what I'm saying here. Brady led the Patriots on his own down the field for that touchdown to give New England the lead, and that was good enough to win the Super Bowl. So it was a Tom Brady comeback drive or a Tom Brady game-winning drive that helped the Patriots win that Super Bowl. So my argument to that is that if you take the two touchdowns away from Denver in their Super Bowl, it's a tie game. If you take away the touchdown that New England scored, they still win the game because the Rams were so pitiful on offense. They didn't need Brady to do anything. You did forget the field goal late in the game by Gostowski. Yeah, I get that, but that wasn't necessarily on Tom Brady. If you remember, on that drive, they handed it to Michelle. He busted a big run loose. I think it was like 26 yards. And then Burkhead had a big gain for, I think, 18. So it, they were, the running backs got him in position. I mean, don't get me wrong. Tom Brady's drive was incredible when it mattered. But it didn't make the difference because of how poorly the Rams played offensively. It, I mean, all they needed to do was score four points and they would have beaten them. That's pathetic. Yeah, that's that's something else, especially considering this this Rams team and their offense. They they the lowest points that they scored all season outside of uh, a cold night in Chicago was was what was it? I think it was. 20, I thought they scored six in that game. Twenty three points. Yeah, they scored six. <laughs> this <laughs> is worse than that. <laughs> yeah, they scored the worst points that they they had the least number of points that they scored all season and. And it comes in the biggest game when it matters the most. It was yeah. crazy. Did you check out any of the social media after that game? Oh well, I don't. I don't look at social media during a game. Oh but. no, they just roasted the Rams. Like Michael Thomas from the Saints, he wrote, "Y'all better score more than three points in that new stadium." I mean, people were just trolling them, and they should have trolled them. I don't understand how you get to that big of a game and you play like hot garbage. Well, remember what I said, Jared Goff in pressure moments. It takes some time for him to adjust. I'd say maybe in the next few years, LA's going to be back and they might perhaps win this thing. Possibly. It's going to be tough, though. The NFC is, I mean, how many, how many times just since 2002 have we seen more, have we seen a team go to the Super Bowl multiple times? Seattle's yeah. been one, Philly's been one, and Carolina, and then the Giants. Other than that, yeah. that's it. No other team has gone to the Super Bowl more than once in the NFC, and that's in a period of 17 years. And that's, that's insane. It's, that's incredible. But you know what hasn't, what has remained the same? It's the Patriots. They're always there. I, I mean, that's why it's I'm, incredible. That's why I'm picking them to win the East next year. But that's for next week's show. Yeah, coming up next week, we will go into our two early season predictions, where we will make predictions on who's going to win the division, who's going to be in the wild cards, and who's going to go, who's our Super Bowl picks. And then we'll look back come next season and realize 
how wrong we were. But that's for oh, yeah, no, that's for we, next year. But we need to talk about how badly we made our picks from this season. Oh boy, what boy, did we do well? What did we do wrong? Exactly. But keep in mind also, Gabe. Let's go back to the Patriots and Bill Belichick, and and it's a huge question of regarding the Patriots' success. Is it Tom Brady who's been the focal point of the success, or is it Bill Belichick? It's tough to 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 decide between the two because Belichick he showed that he has he had potential before he got Tom Brady as his quarterback as a head coach for the Patriots but then again with Tom Brady he took Belichick to the next level and we saw his true greatness when it came time to play in the cl- in the clutch I'm sorry I'm going to give you the cop out answer it takes both and okay. the reason I say that is because Brady needed help in the Super Bowl and Belichick gave him that help Two, uh 3 years ago when they played Atlanta Brady, uh, Belichick needed help. Brady stepped up. It's, I mean, it's a marriage between the two of them. It takes two breadwinners to make a successful house, and that's what they're doing. And also keep in mind, when you look at dynasties in years past, it's typically a great quarterback with an equally great coach. Oh, yeah. Lombardi's not the same without Starr, and Montana's not the same without Walsh. And then Aikman's not the same without Jimmy Johnson. And well, uh, wait, well, yes, I agree with that. I just wish Jimmy would have stayed. Because Barry Switzer's a clown. Well, that's that's an opinion, of course. But no, that is a factoid. <laughs> he got a free Super Bowl ring. We did it our way, Jerry. We did it. Oh, shut up, Switzer. You just took your. You just got a free ring because <laughs> you just took Jimmy Johnson's team and was like, <laughs> I did it. No, you didn't do it. A free one. So with Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. Bottom line is, they have been a force to be reckoned with, obviously. So, would you rank Bill Belichick the greatest of all time? Because we, we had the Brady-Montana discussion, and and to me, it's, it's clear-cut and obvious. Brady is far beyond Montana, just because he not only has stats to back it up, he has more comeback drives in games that matter. He... He leads the league, leads league history in wins all time. He also played longer. Let's note that. And it, I mean, who knows how long? Who knows how long Montana would have played in today's era with today's rules? But that, you can make that argument for all sports, though. But here's what gets me about the Joe Montana argument. It's because with Montana, outside of the four Super Bowl years, he didn't do much as a quarterback in the, in for the 49ers. I don't know if I would say that. They always had winning seasons. They always had winning seasons, but you can look at the catastrophic playoff exits that they had, particularly particularly in the 80s. In the mid-80s, they had losses to the Giants where they only scored three points. Where have we heard? Where have we, have we seen losses by three points in okay, the playoffs recently? Let's not act like Brady hasn't had those either. He had a catastrophic loss in 06. To the Colts in the championship. But to be fair, he was playing at a high level, and he, it was a was. little bit of the defense that really choked well, okay, it up for Yeah, him. but they also had a 21-3 to lead, and they blew it. He wasn't scoring any more points, and then he turned it over at the end. Both of them are great. Let's leave it at that at this point in time. But to go back to your Belichick no, no, question. No, Brady is the greatest of all time. I'm sorry, Better it's than Montana. Montana. It's, no, it's Montana. But to go back to the Belichick thing, do I think Belichick's the greatest head coach of all time? He's close, and the reason I say he's close is because two guys that I think are in the discussion are Landry and Walsh because Landry, both of them were revolutionary in the sense that Landry created the 4-3 defense, which is something that has revolutionized the NFL, 
and Walsh created the West Coast offense. Now, don't get me wrong, Belichick has had multiple seasons where he's looked great and multiple teams where he's looked great, multiple championships, but has he done something that has revolutionized the NFL? I would say no, except on the basis that he has taken a bunch of Walmart employees to the Super Bowl every year. What baffles me about this this dynasty with the Patriots, particularly on the offensive side of the ball, outside of Randy Moss and Rob Gronkowski and you might even add to the realm Wes Welker, who were the Patriots receivers in the years they were winning championships? I mean, I'm not, a huge, no names. I'm not a huge Troy Brown fan, but I think he's worth noting. I, Deion Branch did win an MVP. But that was simply one game. Do we really look back on the Patriots dynasty and no. and pinpoint, hey, look, Deion Branch right there. No, you no, don't. No, I will give you that. The early 2000s Patriots were definitely defensive. Uh, they were definitely defensive. Uh, what am I? I'm missing the word. They were a defensive team. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, and to an the, extent. The modern era Patriots have been more, we're going to throw the ball and we're going to use our weapons. No, for sure. But with what Brady's done, and what's impressed me the most is the reason why you you pick up a player onto your 53-man roster. That's for when the game's on the line and you need someone to come in the clutch and win you, and when you the game. Butlers. He's always there. Brady is always there. And, he, and don't get me wrong, he has had some moments where he's choked. I'll give you that. But he's had so does. many moments to even get there. As Stephen A. Smith once said, to just to get to the Super Bowl is an accomplishment of its own. It of is. course, it was a little bit more of, well, oh. we'll not go into detail about what he said, but similar along those lines, Gabe. No, it is impressive to get to the Super Bowl. But, you know, just going off of the weapons thing, I have a bone to pick with anyone who says he should. Can we stop with the Edelman Hall of Fame talk? Whoa. Whoa. The guy's a joke. He's not <laughs> no. going to go to the Hall no. of Fame. No. No. From what? Edelman's going into the Hall of Fame. From Why? What? His postseason performance. Okay, if I go it's... the postseason every year, of course I'm going to build up stats. Well, you not have to be good his... enough to make the postseason. Yeah, but he's not the how reason many, they're how going many to the postseason. How many years have been there? He's not the reason they're going to the postseason, though. His yards in the postseason touchdowns, they're almost garbage time. I mean, don't so? get me wrong. So? That's... He, he performs. He leads, the, he leads postseason history. In receiving yards and catches. Not over Rice. Behind, behind Jerry Rice, of course. But that's what I'm saying. He just goes every year. So how how relevant are those stats, actually? Because when you look at the regular season, he's terrible. Well, he's not terrible, but he's not good. He's average at best. If he's making the Hall of Fame, I want Marcus Colston in the Hall of Fame. Oh, my goodness. No, it's not. Okay. I, no, hold, hold up right here. I, I uh, pulled up the number. I have the numbers. Oh, I saw so you're going to pull up numbers on, on me. He deserves it. Look at Edelman's career. 499 catches, 5,390 yards, 30 touchdowns. Colston had 711 receiving yards, 9,759 yards, and 72 touchdowns. He's double, He's more than doubled him in touchdowns, and he's almost doubled him in receiving yards. He's got way more catches than he Wait, did. Wait, what's Marcus Colston done in the playoffs? I mean, he had, I'd say he had decent numbers. Decent numbers? They weren't great, yeah. I can't even. Okay, but he's you also can, you can take account to the Super Bowl run. I'll I'll give you that. That was that was impressive for the Saints to run through the playoffs the way they did. I thought his but, best postseasons was actually 2011. 
and he and let's be let's throw the stat out there. Then 2013 against Richard Sherman in the divisional round, guy had 11 catches for 144 yards and a touchdown. That's big on the number one corner in the league. Yeah, but then again, look at what Julian Edelman's done in the postseason. There are so many mo- moments that you can pinpoint. You have the touchdown pass that he threw against the Ravens in that divisional playoff game, and then two, three weeks later against the Seattle Seahawks, he ca- he caught the go-ahead touchdown that proved to be the winning score in that game. And then you had the incredible deflection catch two years later in the Super Bowl against Atlanta that kick-started the comeback. Game. And then the MVP game we just saw. And then, of course, yeah, the, the, the game that we just saw, he's had the playoff moments, and that's why Edelman belongs in the Hall of Fame conversation at the very least. I just – but he hasn't shown up enough in the regular season, regular season though. And, you know, Colson may have those moments too if he doesn't have guys on his team like Devery Henderson and Robert Meacham and Jimmy Graham, Jeremy Shockey. And even the running backs, Pierre Thomas and Reggie Bush, all those guys, Darren Sproles. you got to count for the fact that he played along all those weapons when Brady's just kind of blind like, oh, Gronk, Amendola, Edelman, that's kind of it. Because I'm not throwing Aaron Hogan Dobson, Kendrell Tompkins. I know you Stop. know that name very we well. We don't talk about the Kendrell Tompkins. We don't talk about that clown. But 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 that my point is touchdown against New Orleans. Oh, maybe, I remember that. Maybe if Colston is in that situation, maybe he then has numbers like that in the postseason or moments like that in the postseason. If but that's Edel- playing what if. I just need- I just care about the reality well, and the present. The right reality now. is Edelman's not good in the regular season and he's good in the playoffs. And Colston was good in both. He See, wasn't as good as Edelman in the postseason. I'll give you that. But we- He's been better. I think he's got more of a well-rounded base, and that's. I'm not saying that Colston necessarily belongs in the Hall of Fame, but if you're going to talk about Edelman, I want Colston. No, I can't see Colston in, but I can surely see Edelman. Why? Because the postseason is what elevates normal players to all-time players. Look at what Joe Namath did. Sure, he had passing yards, but don't get me wrong, his postseason performance has been atrocious. You but, better wa- watch your mouth right now because but, he's a top three to me. What? Top three? Mm-hmm. What did he do in Super Bowl three? I know he won the MVP, but what did he do? He beat, he, he, he beat Unitas. He beat them all. He beat Morrill. He beat every member of that no. ultimate Namath is team. Okay, that's, that's another discussion for another day. But the fact of the matter is Edelman belongs in the Hall of Fame. Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. Now let's shift back to... No, we're not, I'm not going to let you sneak by that Brady what? comment. Just because you say Brady's a GOAT doesn't mean okay, he's a GOAT. Okay, I think Brady's the GOAT. He's better than Montana, even Michael Jordan. Oh, you, you're in, still, in what? In what? In just being an all-time athlete, I think Brady is the better, better oh, yeah, athlete. Oh, yeah, because Brady's going to go out there and start slam-jamming dunks from the free-throw line. Well, Brady was able to win against nearly every, every one of his foes. Could you agree okay. on that? He's, how are we defining, he's dominated the series against Peyton Manning. How are we defining this athlete term? Because if we're just talking about athletes, he's not even in the top thousand. Because he's not. The man is, a, he's got an old dad bod and can barely run two miles an hour. Well, look at his success. That's what I'm pointing at. I mean, the at. success is great and everything, but like if we're talking about athlete, it's Bo Jackson. No. He might, well. What? Looking at sheer raw, the man fi- ran up a wall. Looking at looking at sheer raw physical attributes. Yeah, he's in the conversation without a doubt. So we're talking about 
success in your success sport. in in sports. That's how we're going to define this this version it's of this Brady. conversation. Why he's beaten every one of his biggest foes. It's Peyton Manning's Colts. He's beaten them consistently. <sighs> Michael Jordan. I don't know if, if I'd he's say the greatest of all time. Would what does that say about the the Pistons in the late '80s? Well, he got smacked every time he played them. Yeah, exactly. He never. Well, well in, he did I mean, get his chance. In, but. in all fairness, Brady's gotten smacked by a couple teams too. He got smacked in by the he gets smacked by Denver. Well, every time. There's always games that you can look to. Well, no. Well, you have to keep in mind he's had his moments against Denver. When? A twenty-four point comeback against the against the Broncos on a Sunday night. What one? Oh, the game in that New one. England. That was in 2013, if if my memory serves me uh, correctly, or 2014. Yeah, I know the game you're talking about. Yeah, that's that. So he's been able to beat every one of his foes. I mean, I'm sure Jordan's had a game against the Pistons, but not one that necessarily really matters. Yeah, but in the grand scheme of things, they're both great. But Bill Belichick, why? So you've already alluded to why. He's not the greatest of all time because he didn't come up with a grand scheme, but he's he's I don't think he had the most the success. He's had the most success. That I agree and, with. And and that's why he should be the greatest of all time. Not because he see, changed okay, the game. Okay, so I can see that argument and I'm not discrediting that argument. It's tough. I'm I'm really teetering on it because of how much success he's had. If he can find a way to just I, I don't know, it's tough. That's such a tough question. The reason I, why Belichick is so good is because he works so hard. He does, but I can't give him the I can't give him the best of all time because I think you need to be revolutionary in your sport. Magic was revolutionary when he played just off of the point guard position because he was more of the passing type. Michael Jordan was revolutionary because he showed that you could score whenever you needed to. And you look at the NFL, Walsh was completely revolutionary because he completely changed how we could see offenses. You know, it's like Randy Cross said, it's like playing chess board. It's like playing chess and a la Star Wars or Star Trek where you've got a tier board here, board above here, board above here, board above here. They were playing the same game as everybody else. They were just doing it on a different level, and that transcended the league. That's why I think, to me, Walsh is the best. Well, Bill Walsh, I well, or I at least up no. there consideration also with guys like Landry because of what Landry did for defense. He made defensive ends a thing because of the four three defense. Well, here's the bottom line, obviously, because we got so much that we could talk about for a later show. Oh, we could go obviously. for hours. We got a yeah. hundred years to talk about. We got all off season. What are we gonna do? Talk AAF? No. <laughs> Well, sure, why not? We might as well see how good it is. About the Alliance of American Football. Oh, I don't know about that, obviously. We'll 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 be next week we'll be doing our two early NFL predictions and we'll have some we'll have some surprises obviously, and then we'll look back and see which one of us were was right and then So basically tune in to hear Danny give a wrong pick and tune in tune in to hear the straws give you the actual future. I'm going to predict what's right. Keep in mind, this is the man that said that Breeze is better than Brady early on this season. I'm also the guy who picked the Bears to uh, win the North and win 11 games, and they won 12. Well, then again, I also said the Bears would make the playoffs, so we're even on that stance. Sorry, Gabe. Stop taking my credit. Whoa, hang on a second. I Stop made the pick before you credit. did. Oh, please. I did this before Khalil Mack. I did it too. 
right? And you have Hall video, of Fame, Hall of Fame week. You don't have video either, so hey, what you, you don't even, know what I got back at home. I can pull out a whole library of stuff. You're, like that. you're just trying. You're just trying to put on a, a, a face and I'm think I'm scared and I'm biting the trap. Nah. Sorry, that's not gonna happen. Nah, I'll just throw some cheese and you'll just go in there and just no mouse trap. No. So tune in next week for another episode of the Buck and Straws Show. We have a great off-season plan ahead for you guys. And, and we'll stay have so tuned for a draft points. show. We're going to have a big draft show. We big will huge have, mock draft. We'll have a big draft show coming up, and we'll be discussing all the draft picks that will be taking place and which teams will be will go up on the rise and which teams will start to fall after the draft. We'll have so much to talk about. We'll talk about the greatest Super Bowls of all time. The Arizona and, Cardinals are on the clock. Oh, my goodness. It's about time. But that's all the time that we have for today's show of the Buck and Straws show. Once again, thanks again to my man Gabe Strasba for coming on today. What do you mean coming on? This is half my show. You <laughs> <jerk>. <laughs> no, but it's always fun to. Oh no, the draft show is going to be my show. Oh, tune in, tune in for that one. All right, we'll have to wait and see about that. But then again, that's that's all the time that we have for today for the Buck and Straws show. So once again. For Gabe Strasba, I'm Danny Buck. Thanks for tuning in, tuning in, guys, for another episode of the Bach and Straws Show. Thanks for listening to the Bach and Straws Show. Tune in again every Thursday on 881 The Berg SoundCloud. This is your place for all things NFL, all the time. <laughs>